0: We're a very family oriented culture, which is a wonderful thing. Unless you can't be part of that. What do
1: we say? Lindsay Boone used to joke that she wanted to have a baseball team when she got married. She always thought that she would become a mom and have a big family. But for Boone and her husband, having a baby proved nearly impossible. And even though infertility affects about 15% of American couples, it is often something kept private, a monthly heartbreak that suffered in silence. My husband is one of 10 kids. I'm one of five.
0: My husband does have a sibling that has had infertility, but they didn't talk about it. They weren't open either. So for us, it was extremely isolating and we were very ashamed. We were very embarrassed. So we kept it completely private. I even started having surgeries, like they did a major surgery for my endometriosis and found out that I had stage four Um, and we didn't tell people, like we just, for five years it was a very isolating and lonely journey that we went
1: on. It was hard for the Boons to watch friends and relatives close in age go on to the next stage of their lives. The couple felt left behind. After the first year of trying to get pregnant, they sought help from a fertility specialist. The Boons graduated from the least invasive interventions, such as medications like Clomid, to other assisted reproductive therapies, including rounds of IUI, or artificial insemination, and surgeries for her endometriosis. And with every new treatment, there was failure.
0: It's like going through a death every month, where you have like all this hope, you know, you start to like picture what your future is gonna be like, and then you have a total loss, and so you grieve that. And then you have to pick yourself back up emotionally and physically and sometimes financially if you've done like a treatment and it failed and start it all over again. It's very hard. When somebody passes away, you have all these people that come to you with memories and thoughts, but when you have infertility or miscarriage or infant loss, people don't have memories to share. So you're just dealing with this grief by yourself, and it's very lonely. And, you know, when you have other diseases in life, like cancer, you have people bring you cards and letters and casseroles. But when you go through infertility, nobody, like, shows up at your door with a casserole dish.
1: Camille Van Wagener-Hawkins could relate. Three years ago, she partnered with four other women to form the Utah Infertility Resource Center because there wasn't a place where people struggling with infertility could go for information and for support.
2: It's kind of like this feeling of being lost in a foreign country because you're struggling with infertility and in our community, there are families and babies everywhere. And so like, you just don't know how to find your way because you thought that you would just have a baby. Like this is what you do. When that doesn't happen for so many people, it's just completely foreign, and it's completely confusing and isolating, and people feel very lost.
1: That's how Van Wagener-Hawkins felt after she underwent three unsuccessful IUI treatments and two in vitro fertilization cycles, where one ended in a miscarriage, another in having zero embryos survive the process.
2: We were then... Devastated even more because we had finally gotten to the point of pregnancy and we had spent almost $20,000 on a cycle. That doesn't include all of the other cycles and procedures. And we had received money from family members to help us do this, worked and sacrificed for, and you know, ate beans and rice so that we could save for, and watching it go down the drain in the toilet actually.
1: Then Wagner hawkins is a licensed clinical social worker and she knew she needed additional supports to cope. She needed to talk to someone, a therapist who specialized in infertility or an in-person support group. Both were hard to find. So she reached out to the leader of an infertility Facebook group she was part of and asked if she would want to hold an in-person peer support group with her. They planted flyers in local clinics and libraries advertising the group and the first session was held in March, 2014 in Ben Wagoner-Hawkins' living room in Salt Lake City. People came from Utah County, Cache County, and Wyoming.
2: Essentially, the most powerful thing was that with this support group, people had other people who knew what they were going through. And it's not necessarily to say, oh, I know what you're going through. I know exactly what you're going through. This is how it is. But it's that, hey, our stories might not have the exact same details but I really wanted to be a mom, and you really wanted to be a mom, and we can't get there, and that really sucks, so let's support one another. And that is what, where kind of the beauty comes from.
1: Ben Wagner-Hawkins and her husband have since adopted two little girls, and she now directs the Utah Infertility Resource Center, a nonprofit she conceived during their difficult journey to parenthood. The organization provides educational and mental health counseling, workshops, and volunteer-run support groups for men and women with infertility, and an advocacy arm to push for legislative reforms. Lindsay Boone met Van Wagner hawkins at a charity 5K race and got involved with the center. Now, a mother herself through IVF, she's come out to family and friends about her infertility and now leads the Cache County Support Group.
0: It doesn't need to be so lonely
1: and isolating like it's been in
0: the past. If I would have had the support that I have now back then, it would have been a lot easier. We're going through secondary infertility and going through all this again, but I feel like I'm getting through this so much better because there's things out there.
1: Because treating infertility is not cheap, and in most cases, it's not covered by health insurance, Boone has taught a fundraising class for people trying to conceive on how to pay for either adoption or infertility treatments. Costs range clinic to clinic, but a round of IVF is often upwards of $10,000, Boone says. Tack on unexpected procedures, and people can be set back almost a year's salary. And there's no guarantee it will work. I didn't want to just teach things that we had done. I wanted to ask, like, what
0: are people in Utah doing to earn this money? And more often than not, people were selling their homes and living in parents' basements And it was so heartbreaking to me that in order for people to have a child, they had to sell their home. Every time I would get told that, it would just tear me apart, that like, that's what it's coming down to, just so they can afford IVF. And I'm like, there is something really wrong about this.
1: That's why on Valentine's Day, when Boone learned of pending legislation to start a three-year pilot program for PEHP, the health insurance provider for state employees She drove to Salt Lake with her son to testify before legislators. Because Utah, like many states, does not have a mandate for insurance companies to cover infertility treatments. Boone hopes by sharing her story, it will influence requirements. Somebody asked me like, why did you go through all that to
0: go down there that day and take off work? And I said, I guarantee that we will have nieces and nephews or great nieces and nephews that go through infertility. And I hope that by us taking these steps, that one day we'll be able to do for them what I wish somebody could have done for us. I'm hoping that one day insurance companies will pay for infertility treatments and one day we'll have a family member that can be like, my relative you know, helped with this.
1: That's Van Wagoner-Hawkins' long-term goal too. She will continue to push for reforms and hold her daughters tight.
2: These children did not come to us easily. We had to work really, really, really hard for them. Years and years of failures, of not getting chosen or not having a treatment work out. The joy in general of holding a baby is wonderful, but to hold a baby and to think of how hard I worked, my husband worked, or other people have worked for this moment, I think is really, really rewarding and helps to kind of remind me and other people just how precious life really is.
1: With Utah Public Radio, I'm Kristen Munson.
0: The UPR original series, Crossing Borders, a year-long storytelling project between UPR and the USU Office of Global Engagement, providing services for international students and scholars, and facilitating study abroad opportunities for students and faculty. Details at globalengagement.usu.edu. And to explore more of the Crossing Borders series, head over to upr.org.